Welcome to Hormone Health Podcast, brought to you by Georgia Hartman and Chloe Sheehan. This podcast is an extension of Hormone Health Studio, which is our naturopathic clinic based here in Newcastle and online. We're just two naturopaths who love a laugh, coffee, croissants, and conversations about real people with real health concerns. Nothing's off limits. We're here to educate you on what's happening in your body, share emerging research, and debunk buried health misconceptions. So sit back and let us do the talking. Today we're chatting with Elle. She is a clinical nutritionist and also practices EFT in her clinic. And for people who may not know what EFT is, it's an abbreviation for a technique called the emotional freedom technique. It's something that has gained a bit more popularity more recently or either way I feel like I'm seeing it a lot more um, because it's a practice that you can be taught and use on yourself. Have you been seeing it around Georgia? No but did I ever tell you the time that my old manager we took a flight together and she's really nervous about flying and she started tapping and I had no idea what EFT was at the time and so I just looked at her I was like what are you doing? What are you doing? Freak. <laughs> she goes, I'm just I should really calm her down. I know. <laughs> what are you doing? Look at that. Um, but I had no idea. But it's, you know, something so simple that she just had on her. She could use it whenever. can be quite grounding and to help calm nerves. And so our chat with Elle today is really sort of diving into how she uses EFT for her clients um, because I would say and I guess she would say as well that majority of her of her clientele um, would have support around the nervous system Mm. I think you know well regardless everybody needs support with the nervous system so that's going to be a really interesting conversation yep I'm super excited to talk to her perhaps it's something that I can even take into my own household at bedtime (laughs) Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Remember, she's not a magician. <laughs> I'm right. joking. It's not going to help my kids go to sleep, but maybe it'll support my nervous system throughout that process. Before we chat to Elle, just a reminder for people who may have not caught our last week's episode, we are transitioning to online appointments. Yeah. We... For the remainder of the year. Yeah, we're up the duff. <laughs> <laughs> Do people still say that? Let's just talk to Elle and get on with today's episode. For more information, though, just reach out to us. Today we have the amazing Elle Brown, a clinical nutritionist with a passion for treating women's bodies gently. And I love the emphasis on the word gently. She has her own little women's health clinic on Sydney Northern Beaches and a really great following on social media. I feel like I'm, I don't know if I've like set up alerts for any time you post, I'm like, yep, three seconds you posted and I liked it. Oh, <laughs> but welcome, Mel. That's so cute. Oh, girls, thank you so much for having me. I think you should know by now that I fangirl on both of you as well. So thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it's so nice when you, we studied with Elle and so we, you know, go back so many years, but it's so nice to watch everyone in their own clinical practice. And if they're not in clinical practice, what they end up doing. And it's so great. So great just following along. Yeah. And so today with Elle here, we're going to talk 
a little bit professional, a little bit personal, a little bit of everything. Um, Elle has a special interest in terms of supporting people uh, from a nervous system perspective, and you also practice clinical EFT. So we're going to hear a little bit about from you what that is. Oh, I'm so excited to share more about this with you because I feel like it's been a game changer for me in clinic, even just from a personal level of my own journey with dysregulation and just the practitioner that I was before I found clinical EFT and who I am now is drastically different. So I think even you guys will get something out of it as practitioners, but I'm just so passionate about it from a personal perspective as well for people. I mean, I hope you guys can agree, but we see so many dysregulated, overstimulated, exhausted women in clinic. Um, and it's just been amazing for my clients too. That's so true, isn't it? Like it's it's almost like people when they book in, it's usually not, oh, I just thought last minute I wanted to book in. It's like a contemplation of, I know things aren't good, but they might get better. They might not. They don't get better. Okay, book in. Yes. And usually I think people have struggled for years and we can sometimes be like that last resort. They've tried a lot of other things or they haven't connected the dots or, you know, I think the word stress is so poorly understood too. We just think mental stress and we think a lot of women say, oh, I don't feel like I'm stressed, but I often talk to women about body stress and what the body is saying and how the body feels and what signs it's showing us in that way that perhaps we're at capacity and we're really overstimulated and we're at our wits end and we need some support for the body in those spaces. So true. true. Can you tell our audience, Elle, how you got into the health space and more specifically how you got into clinical EFT? Yeah, I'd love to. I think like most practitioners, I've got a bit of a personal journey as well. I don't really think you find this type of work without it. Um, Mm. And yeah, so I was kind of like that young person that caught everything as a child. Um, So I had poor immunity there. And then as I reached kind of hormonal shift time of adolescence, I started getting things like migraines. My inflammation was really high. Um, My liver markers on blood tests were really high. And you know, I was a typical teenager of wanting to like eat pizza with my friends, but was really struggling with my health and found, Mm. went to all the doctors, had all the testing done. All that I was really offered was really strong drugs to treat my migraines. And it just didn't really sit right with me and my family being such a young person at the time. And so we found a holistic practitioner and they specialized in nutrition. And that was my first kind of introduction to how powerful food is medicine was. Um, And so I went on to study it and I'm walking into my sort of 12th year as a clinical nutritionist, but I feel like I've evolved a lot as a practitioner in that time. I went back to study where I met you guys because I was a little baby with the course that I did before Mm -hmm. um, that. And I had a lot of growing to do, but I think being in the clinic space and you guys would relate to this as well. I just saw that food wasn't enough. Like I just started working with so many people where I would change their diet. I would look at their lifestyle and they just weren't improving like I hoped that they could. And I started making really random connections as well. Like someone would come in, you know, I might see multiple people with low iron that had really similar stuff going on or really similar emotions that they were dealing with or, you know, someone with digestive issues that was dealing with with a lot of stress. And I just started making this connection between oh, like I'm always treating the nervous system or there's always something going on with the stress response. And 
I just wanted to be able to provide my clients with something like a tool that was tangible, that was accessible, um, that people could easily use. And I hadn't quite found something beyond asking people if they were meditating or doing anything like that, which again is not for everybody. And I don't also believe it's necessarily for people that are really dysregulated either. Um, And I actually found clinical EFT when I was in a really hard personal space. So I was noticing things in clinic and then I reached this point where my dad was really sick at the time. He was in ICU. My relationship had broken down. So I had to move clinic spaces. I was moving house. It was that typical like pressure cooker, everything going on at once. And I was noticing that my levels of anxiety, my level of dysregulation was through the roof. And it was really affecting like really how I was functioning, how my body was functioning. I mean, I thought I had IBS at one point in time. It wasn't, it was just the stress response. Um, And I was seeing a psychologist and she actually was the first person to say, have you tried, you know, clinical EFT? And I, she thought, I said, no, I've never heard of it. And she said, oh, you know, it's the tapping. And when she first said it to me, I thought, are you actually kidding me? Like, there is no way, like I am in the thick of it right now. I am struggling. There is no way that me like tapping on my face and tapping on my other body is going to do anything. And I actually walked out of the appointment a little bit like, is this woman kidding herself? Um, and then a couple of days later, I found myself in a situation where like my anxiety had peaked. And I think if anyone's experienced that you would do anything in that space because you just feel so awful. So I just started aggressively tapping on myself in the car, like, come on, just, you know, calm down. Didn't really know what I was doing, but actually felt that it helped a little bit. And I didn't know if it was psychosomatic. I didn't know anything about tapping or clinical EFT, but I was like, oh, this is, it feels a bit different. So I started kind of gently weaving it into just trying to survive that period of time um, and really was noticing a change and then started thinking when I'd be sitting opposite someone in clinic who was getting a bit activated as they were talking or who was experiencing a lot of nervous system dysregulation, I thought, oh, maybe it would be something that my clients could use as well, especially you know, people get really emotional when talking about themselves in session or, you know, I would start to notice all the little things that we can see when people are dysregulated, like people getting quite red or getting quite worked up. And I just wanted some way to comfort them other than throwing a tissue box at them and just kind of Mm -hmm. sitting with them while they cried. And I was also noticing that like, we're not therapists, but people share a lot of big things with me. And there wasn't much in our training about how to kind of deal with that, how to hold space for people. I mean, I think naturally going into this work, we probably have a little bit more of a gift in that space anyway, but we're not really taught what to do. And I was also noticing that the more people spoke about certain topics, whether it was infertility or grief or anything that was going on, it would almost traumatize them a little bit more at the time, especially and dysregulate them a little bit more. And so I thought, what can I do? How can I weave this into my clinical practice? And so I found a lady that um, teaches clinical EFT in a trauma-focused way and it really spoke to me as far as using the body in the process. And so now it's something that I would say I really weave in clinically because I use it at the time when people are feeling dysregulated. We use it as a prevention tool um, and a way to minimise stress as they're moving through their journey. And so for people listening who don't know what EFT stands for, can you explain it? Yeah, of course. So 
clinical EFT and EFT just as the the syllables or the um, letters, that refers to the emotional freedom technique. But clinical EFT is a little bit different to some of the EFT tapping that you might see or just simply tapping that you might see on the internet. So clinical EFT is an evidence-based stress reduction tool. It's always a big one to get out. Um, And it works on the acupressure points of the body that connect with the nervous system. So it's not like the tapping that you would see online where some people go towards like, I am whole, I am healthy. They might tap on positive things. I want to be rich. Yeah, I want to be rich. Yeah, you might have seen that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Those types of ones. I love myself, which is beautiful, I guess, in a sense that maybe they're using the acupressure points and it might bring some regulation to the nervous system. Um, But clinical EFT will very much focus on the negative side of things. And what I often say to my clients is not just the negative, but what's true for you. I think the nervous system really, really likes truth. And if I have a woman sitting in front of me who's feeling really overwhelmed and I have her say, I am rested, I am whole, it's it's really it doesn't feel right. It doesn't land right in her nervous system because she's feeling anything but that. So I think what clinical EFT does beautifully is if we are focusing on a specific thing like overwhelm, we get the client to actually focus on the overwhelm. So they'll say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm feeling overwhelmed as they tap on those acupressure points. And that's also them saying to the body, I see you, I see the overwhelm, I see the signals that you've been sending me, and I'm kind of here with you in this moment. And what I love about it is it is a a stress reduction tool. It's a regulation tool that helps to bring calm, that helps to lower things like cortisol. But what it does is it uses the body actively in the process. So that's what I like so much about it and why it spoke to me. I think if we work with the body we love the body. Um, and I think where it differs from something like a meditation is that instead of just saying to a really dysregulated person, how about you just sit in stillness and really um, be really present with your body? Presence to a body for someone that feels really dysregulated is really scary. It's really hard and it can actually end up having a worse effect for the person. So I think because I was working with women who are at really at capacity or really experiencing nervous system dysregulation or high levels of anxiety, meditation just didn't really gel with them in that space. Whereas using something like clinical EFT where we're hitting those acupressure points or we're tapping on them gently, which creates a little bit of a stimulus for them and connects into that nervous system, you're actually actively doing something in the regulation process. And that felt a lot safer for my clients. It's also, I think breath can be really scary for people who are who are really anxious too. I know when I was in the thick of my anxiety journey, focusing on my breathing was terrifying and sometimes it would actually make me feel worse. I had to actually get my nervous system to a point where I could do breath work or focus on breathing. And I see a lot of people in that space too. So I often say to my clients when they're tapping just focus on the feeling of tapping against your skin. So it's a beautiful way to we can move away from the breath. We can zoom out as much as we need. Um, so there's different stages as well with clinical EFT where we can just start really, really gently. And as you guys mentioned, that's a really big part of the work that I do that I like to go gently in all areas. But we can just focus on just those acupressure points, you know, just providing some tapping there if that is where the person feels safe to start. But then someone that might be in a different space 
with, you know, being able to be more specific, we could focus specifically on the overwhelm or on a particular event that's causing a lot of grief or um, actually EFT has clinical outcomes for a lot of things. So we might focus on pain or it has clinical outcomes for cortisol, for PTSD, for anxiety, um, even things like just your typical stuff like overwhelm as well. But there's a lot of clinical outcomes for different things. And when you add words into it and get more specific again, you can really take it anywhere that you want, but you're able to uniquely suit it to the nervous system that's in front of you. So interesting. I think too, particularly with things like overwhelm and anxiety, there's lots of energy floating around in the body. Yes. And so something like EFT allows you to kind of be with your body, but also a way to kind of move that energy out. Like I think when you're in the thick of like a panic attack or feeling really overwhelmed, like for me, when I get anxious, it feels like I'm in like a black box and I just oh, like yeah. can't get out of it. And I'm like, my heart rate's rapid. My breath is rapid. Um, but something like this, which I haven't utilized, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So this is exciting mm-hmm. for me. But something like this seems achievable in the moment because it's a yeah. way to like use the energy that I've got in there. Totally. And because Does that make sense? Yeah, no, completely. Because the whole underpinning of the physiology around anxiety is that you're producing new like you're producing chemicals to either fight or flight and so you've got that sort of energy in there um honestly if somebody or when people told me to meditate I was like meditation (laughs) gives me anxiety like you know I can't sit and control my thoughts I'd much rather do a puzzle or doodle or like you know do Mm. pick my cuticles yeah use (laughs) yeah and and you know like um if you think about when you feel that way too like you guys just said you want to move like we'll our body will naturally go to that like we'll fidget or we'll shake our leg or some people actually start tapping on themselves like their leg or something just when pen yeah or we fiddle with our jewelry or whatever it looks like we always kind of want to move when we're in that space so I think having a tool that actually encourages that is really amazing as well and so like I'm sold I want to give it a go (laughs) um yeah I really think I'd love to show you guys because I honestly think like I like it for my clients but honestly as a practitioner where we're holding space for people and we hear stories all day and we've got our own human experience going on in the background I tap between clients every day now it's a game changer for me I really couldn't recommend it enough Maybe we can get you on to do like a because what you posted today on yeah. um, your stories was almost like a an introduction into EFT. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for people on um, Hormone Health Studio page to get an insight, like a visual insight yeah. of how to do Anytime. it. Maybe Anytime we can do guys. like a, a little collab post. Yeah. Um, so it's shared on. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's that would be great. great. Yeah, and you guys can then refer to it as well if you want to try it, like a gentle intro. Yeah. Yes. And so for people listening who are like, well, what, what's the nervous system <laughs> and what's its role? Could you give us an insight as to how you explain the nervous system to your clients um, and the different sort of aspects of the nervous system? Yeah, for sure. I like to explain it so that people kind of understand it in everyday terms, but I like to say it's like the control center of your body. So I almost see it like a storage unit. And really it stores everything that we've ever been through, whether that's illness or surgery or different conversations or experiences that we've had, memories, traumas of what's happened in our lives. It can really 
almost pull out those files from that storage unit. And that's why we feel a little bit triggered sometimes because I always say as well, the body and the nervous system never forget. They always remember. So everything that we've been through is there and we're unable sometimes at the time when things feel really big to sort of move through them like we would want to. So that system, it holds a lot. And I think when we feel overwhelmed and we feel overstimulated, obviously activation comes into it, but so does dipping into that little bit of a file and pulling out different things that have really affected us over time. And the body will communicate that more than our conscious mind will. But obviously what the nervous system also is, is the brain and body connect us. So it's the brain, it's the nerves in our system. And if you've heard anything about the vagal nerves is probably a really popular one that people might resonate with or know, but they're the two main nerves of the nervous system that connect brain and body. So there is an energy to nerves. And I don't know, you guys would probably love this too, but I love when you look at the nervous system kind of under a microscope, however you want to say it, we really do light up in there. Like there's a lot of electricity to that system of the body and there's a charge to that system of the body. And that's that charge that you feel when you feel activated in your system. And a lot of people say, what does that mean? What does activation mean? Or what does that look like? And that can be an array of symptoms for different people, but I would say changes to things like body heat and temperature. So you might feel more hot. Some people actually get a little bit cold, but heat's the typical one. Your heart rate will get faster. Your breathing will get more rapid. You might feel a little bit kind of unsettled in your system as well. Like you can't really put your finger on it, but it's just a little bit uncomfortable. You might feel more unsteady in your head. So our nervous system also helps us to feel a little bit stable and those nerves help us to feel a little bit stable. Nausea can be another one. Things like more increased urination or bowel movements can increase as well. So those You're basically nerves- labeling me <laughs> after a strong coffee. <laughs> Well, I can't even. Just the side effects after coffee. I can't even do coffee, so yeah, yeah, I've got a sensitive one for sure. Um, but yeah, and and that like what you've just said, Chloe. Like, there's so many people walking around that just are like, oh yeah, that's normal, isn't it? That I feel like this, you know, at different points of the day, and it's not so normal. It might be your normal, but yeah, there's definitely things you can do to to support that and. The system is vast. Like I love showing people pictures of the nervous system because it literally runs through the whole body and interacts and connects with everything in the body. And, you know, I see it like a cascade. If we're not looking at the root, which I think is often nervous system dysregulation, then it starts affecting everything else. That's when I start seeing digestive stuff in clinic and hormone stuff and thyroid stuff and all the other symptoms. And we can do a lot in those spaces, but if the stress response is still incredibly high, we're missing such a big piece of the puzzle for people. And it's not just what we sort of think about, you know, the the person that's working in the city that's high pace, you know, working mm-hmm. all the hours. It can be mums who are feeling unsupported. It can be people yes. who are undernourishing themselves. It can be yeah. that person who is over-exercising. Um, I guess that looks different for all sorts of different people. I yeah. love that you said that because actually like the two spaces where I see people probably the most for this is teachers because they're dealing with young people and mums, like probably from the newborn stage to about age six, that is the biggest pressure cooker season, I think, in a woman's entire life. And when you look at the nervous system from that perspective, 
you're completely in co-regulation with your child. Like they are unable to regulate their own nervous system. So they're always looking to your nervous system to assist them in the process. And that's incredibly taxing for a woman and her nervous system. And like you said, it doesn't have to be that there's a tiger or, you know, something really high pressure is going on. I mean, just the word trauma in itself is just too much too soon all at once. That's what it means. And there's so many facets and seasons of a woman's life where it just feels like too much. The day-to-day can feel like too much. It doesn't have to be anything massive. That is literally me. I was going to I was yeah. going to say that I didn't want to. This one our conversation this morning, Chloe. Um, oh. when, when I walked in the clinic, my son Otto is three and a half, and oh my um, gosh, my daughter Rumi is eighteen months. And by the time this podcast comes out, I probably would have announced that I'm pregnant again. And so, oh my gosh, yes. super chill, <laughs> surprise <laughs> third uh, pregnancy. And so, like. My partner, Stephen, the other day was like, you've got to stop yelling at Otto. And I'm like, I can't. You just can't. <laughs> it yeah. just, I'm so, I get so dysregulated yeah. that it's just, yeah. and I've spoken about mum rage before, but it's just like an, an outburst yeah. that just feels so uncontrollable. And then when it happens, I'm like, who was that? Like, Yeah, who was that? <laughs> who was that? Me? That's not the mum I want to be. No. And you feel really shit about it. And then the whole thing goes on. And then it's almost like you have that, you feel the guilt for doing that yeah. and then it's the overwhelm of feeling guilt yeah. and then it's that vicious cycle all again. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well then like shame comes into it too, like why am I doing this? I should be able to handle this better. But the truth is like it's such an extreme. I mean, I haven't even done it yet myself, but just working with mums, it's such an extreme space of overstimulation mm-hmm. and you're c- touched out, you're at capacity, you're being constantly needed. Your nervous system is in long-term activation. Like it doesn't really settle. It's also why mums, like they're primed for it, right? To hear their baby crying, to respond. It's like you're completely plugged in all the Mm. time. You guys will wake up from a sleep even like (gasps) if you hear Mm. your child needing you. So yeah, it's a season where I think if nothing's being done to support the nervous system, it's a recipe for disaster. And so, yeah, probably the people that I use this with the most are mums, teachers, and teens. Like that would be the three key areas that I see clinical EFT be so supportive. And do you find that they're maybe not coming to you for nervous system support? Yeah. They're, like, yeah. they're coming to you because they can't get on top of their energy levels or you yeah. know, right. their anxiety or weight or, you know, their thyroid. And it's through that, like you said in in that intro, you almost weave it into what you're doing. Yeah, and I think it's like we were saying before, like, even when I think of myself in periods where I've been in dysregulation, you're so in survival that it's really hard in those spaces to even like notice that you're so dysregulated because it almost becomes your norm. Like at the time when I was in that state, I was still running a clinic and working and, you know, just trying to catch up with friends and still be in the loop of life. And you almost just go into this zone where you just get through it, even though underneath that it's like a storm brewing I always say there's like what presents on the outside and then what's going on on the inside underneath, just like a complete storm underneath for your nervous system. And I think what people can notice sometimes first is, oh, I'm using the bathroom a lot or, oh, my digestive system has changed or, oh, my period's changed or I've lost my period or, you know, what's going on there. And that's why they might present to the appointment. And then when we start talking about, you know, what does your day-to-day look like? 
how do you feel within that? That's when people can start to be like, oh, wow, I'm I'm actually really at capacity. And I think pace is a really big one that comes into it as well. We lead such fast-paced lifestyles with not a lot of space to just stop and take a breath or have a rest. Um, and I think pace is a really, really nasty one for the body not feeling safe really like if we're constantly pushing past what feels good for our body and we're not we don't have a moment to stop and even notice that then we can go on like that for a really long time but it's almost like if you're so used to say in in an analogy sense listening to an audiobook on double the speed how do you accustom yourself to taking it back a bit without feeling like it's only got negative influences. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing, that regulation is the most foreign feeling for people because no one is used to it. And it's actually really interesting because when I've done tapping or clinical EFT with someone sometimes for the first time, I actually have quite a few people panic at what the calm feeling is. So Mm. their body will start to regulate and then they'll say, I don't like this, what's happening, I don't like how I'm feeling and I'll I'll have to sit with them and kind of calm them down a little bit. And that is because calm can feel so foreign and it can feel so foreign in a body that's been threatened. So people have been through things where they feel like they have to be on alert in their body because they're not feeling safe. Then maybe that feels more comfortable for them, even though it's not necessarily serving them or a healthy space to be. So I think probably the answer there is to just go really gently and start slow and to look at, I often say to my clients, is there micro moments that you can find? Because I think for people like that, you know, leaning into, oh, I'm going to take half a day to really, you know, be present with my body or I'm going to go on and do this extensive protocol or something, which is not what I would advocate for anyway. But I just say, take those little micro moments. And maybe if you're interested in starting with clinical EFT, you just start it with getting your nervous system used to tapping on some gentle acupressure points. Like we don't add words, we don't add breath, and we just see how you feel and how unsafe or safe that feels for you. And then once your nervous system starts to shift and change and can find safety in feeling calm, then I guess you can take it one step further where maybe you start to bring in other tools like meditation or when you become more regulated, I think you crave rest and slow more. When we're in that dysregulated state and we stay there, that kind of feels like where we want to stay. So I think EFT well, it's can addictive, bring- isn't it? It's mm, like yeah. you're just like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. You're running <laughs> off all the adrenaline and the cortisol. And I think the more that you work, gently to regulate yourself and safely um, with something like clinical EFT and working with someone that is trained in it and that knows about the nervous system and that can gently guide you. When you start feeling what regulation feels like and you go, okay, I've pushed past that little bit of discomfort. Now it's starting to feel safe. Then after a little while, we actually start to crave going back there because it felt good. But I think there's that initial pushback phase where it's like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I also see that sometimes when I prescribe supplements that are for energy, some people are like, what the hell? I like, I don't feel right because they're so used to functioning on really low levels of energy and suddenly their energy is increasing. So I think differing states is just a bit confusing for people in general, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And change, you know, like no one really likes change. Yeah. Um, so it yeah. can take a bit. And um, I need some EFT points. <laughs> <laughs> like literally points or like guiding like, tips? Like I would 
I'd like to know, like, are there like common points that you get yeah. people to tap? Okay, okay what yeah, are they? <laughs> yeah. So there is a sequence that um, clinical EFT or EFT uses, and you would. Um, so you'd always start on the side of your hand. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm doing it. But you would start on the side of your hand and then you would move to the top of your head, the inside of your eyebrow, the outside of your eye, underneath your eye, underneath your nose, your chin, just below your collarbone and then underneath your arm. And I'm obviously happy to show people in more of a visual video if that's helpful, but they're the key acupressure points and they're chosen for a reason because each one links to things like there's a fear point, there's a stomach point. So sometimes when I get people to reach that under eye point, if they're anxious, they'll start to say, oh, I'm feeling a bit sick. And that's okay. We're just connecting with the tummy at that point in time. The top of the head's a really big emotional zone. So we're kind of tapping on that there to just remind your body that it's safe and calm. So they're specific for a reason. And that would be the sequence that you would follow. And then if you work with someone that's trained in clinical EFT, you can actually get more specific. So say one of you guys said, you know, I'm really nervous about this pregnancy, Georgia, as an example, like I'm feeling really overwhelmed at the thought that this is happening right now, then we could do, even though I'm feeling really overwhelmed about this pregnancy, and it also brings in somatic experiencing. So you would say, and I feel this overwhelm in my tummy right here, right now, I am okay. And we would repeat that three times and then we would focus on overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm feeling overwhelmed as we tapped on the acupressure points. And that's actually saying to the body, even though I'm feeling this and this is my truth right now in how I'm feeling and this is where I'm feeling it in the body, right here, right now, I'm okay. I'm safe and everything's okay. So there is like a method to it of why they take those key steps um, and that's what I think has the most effect when you're able to work with a person with their unique nervous system, meeting them where they're at and understanding as a practitioner how to go where you can go a bit deeper and where you need to pull out and kind of zoom out for the nervous system. And the body will tell you the idea is not for anybody I'm not about like feel it to heal it or get to the root. I think the beautiful thing about EFT is like we can stay in a really safe zone for the nervous system. So we don't have to go to like childhood traumas or anything really, really deep. We stay in the present and we only go where it feels safe for that person. So when you first start, I wouldn't use words. I'd just use the acupressure points. We'd focus on the sensation of the tapping on the skin. And then as we work together a bit more, then maybe you could say, oh, specifically this week, this is stressing me out. Or I had, it can be something really simple too, like, oh, I had this huge fight with my partner and it's really upset me and I really want to go and scream at him, but it's not the right thing. So you just <laughs> take the charge off. Chloe just tapped my leg as you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, El- I can't remember what the argument was. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, but just throwing think- each other under the bus this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <you guys> are. <laughs> I was like, that's you. It's the whole podcast. Yeah. Um, El, I love this and... I, I guess for people listening, um, I just want to emphasize that it's actually them touching themselves, not you oh, yes. doing it. Because yes. um, I guess a, a lot in this sort of modern day, when mm. I was sort of thinking about it whilst you were talking, we're not very touched no. outside of like intimacy, but even then no. it's really just you've got 15 minutes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and so intimacy is a whole nother perspective, but we're not very yeah. touched. We don't have time for long hugs. We don't have time no. for cuddling. And so touching yourself in that EFT 
not only do you feel less vulnerable, you can pace Mm -hmm. it how you want. Exactly. And yeah, I think it's incredible. Yeah. And also I should have mentioned, you can do it on little ones too. So that's another way, like if obviously in a safe way, if you're their parent or something like that, but once you understand the sequence, a lot of my clients also do it at bedtime when they put their little ones into bed as part of like Mm -hmm. a nighttime routine. And you, you can tap on them. Like I have tapped on people if there's a um, barrier to them tapping on themselves. But like you said, Chloe, I also think we don't really touch ourselves. We don't, people don't even like, I've got women to even just apply things like moisturizer just to touch their own body. So I think EFT is really beautiful in that regard where you're, yeah, you're being really present with yourself. It's nice. How good does everyone feel after like getting a shampoo and head massage at a hair oh, appointment? Totally. And it's like, yeah, why don't a facial, we, yeah, a yeah, why don't oh we my do gosh, that yes. more often? Yeah, I know. And maybe that's like, um, like we said, like time and accessibility too. And that was why I liked EFT because I've worked a lot in community spaces too. And I always think about how my consultation fees and stuff, like that's not Mm. accessible to everyone. But I think clinical EFT, like once you teach people the sequence, women can use it anywhere, you know, with wherever Mm. they find themselves. And I think there's so much of people trying to sell really expensive retreats and stuff like that, which are just out of reach for the average woman, like you said, deep in mothering and in a season where, they're strapped for time and strapped for money and it takes a few seconds to a few minutes and anyone can do it. So that's what I like about it as well. And you said the micro moments. Because, yeah, micro moments. You know, the concept of booking an appointment for a massage or acupuncture or, or a hair appointment, mm. in reality, that mum or that teacher can't go Monday to Friday. Yeah, um, They're exactly. potentially dealing with traffic or screaming <laughs> in the car, yeah. navigating who's going to look after their kids or getting time yeah. at work. And then you have an hour. You're almost spending that first like half of that time decompressing. 100%. And then it's like you've got to go back into mm. sort of pace. So like this from what you're explaining, you can do it at home once you have the skills. Yeah, yeah you can from anywhere. And, you know, one of my favourite stories is like I have a client who bath time for her kids is really dysregulating for her because it's at the end of the day, she's so yeah. tired, her partner's not back from work yet and every day she's really anxious in the lead up and when she puts them in the bath, now she sits at the door and they're like playing together but she's tapping on herself and she said, just knowing that I have something that kind of mm-hmm. helps my anxiety in that moment when I feel like just screaming at my kids and losing it and my heart rates, you know, going a hundred miles an hour and haven't eaten enough. Like that's the, the anchor for her. And I think that's what I love about it. Like it's, you can do it anywhere. You can duck into the bathrooms at work and do it really quickly if you need to do it in private. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious about this all. And I Mm. think like even just with, um, how you're explaining it, I'm thinking of so many clients that would benefit from this. Yeah. Yeah. In terms. It's been a game changer. I know I'm (laughs) obsessed with it, but it really has. (laughs) There's worse things to be obsessed with. (laughs) Um, I have a question for you because we're nearly out of time Mm -hmm. in terms of um, talking with you today, but I wanted to know, as a as a nutritionist, as, as somebody who's working in the space supporting women, mm-hmm. what do you see people doing that is either a pet peeve for you or something that you could just be like, oh, it's you think it's 
benefiting your nervous system, but it's doing yeah. the opposite. Oh, I love this question. Oh, my gosh. It's a very long-winded question. There's just but... so many examples that I could think of. but <laughs> She's what, like, all of it, the whole, oh, the whole lot. everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the things that is really getting to me at the moment, and I don't want to start whinging, but hopefully it'll Go be Go on. This is together. why Chloe asks these um, questions. She's like, what okay. She loves on? it, yeah. Yeah, loves is, it. Is this whole ice baths movement, and I know that I've, probably need to stop being so negative because I do have people that say, oh, but it has helped me. But I just really query, like, because women's hormones and health and nervous systems and bodies so different to men's, everything I've read that backs it up as helping the nervous system is to do with men, not women. So that's my first issue with it. And my second issue with it is that it's just everywhere and there's all these ice bath coaches and I think, okay, what's the training like for that and what do you learn about the nervous system? Because And what's the, the commission? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's what's going on there? Yeah, exactly. And, and how then, do I get involved? <laughs> I'm going to be a hot bath coach. <laughs> yes, and that's the other thing. I love warmth for the nervous system because it's all about safety and I just really have a big question mark on do people feel better when put in an ice bath because their nervous system actually goes into freeze because they're so cold and it's so stressful to the body that in that moment they have a bit of a freeze and so they think, oh, I actually feel quite peaceful because it's so impossible to even access anything. So I, I feel as someone who is obsessed with the nervous system that it's almost moving away from reconnecting and nourishing and healing that space and more putting us into a continual kind of freeze space so that's my one pet peeve and the no, other one I'm is on board yeah you're on board, board. okay yeah. and then the other one I think of is obviously just things like the whole intermittent fasting for women and 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 just ex- anywhere that people want to use really extensive protocols like if you want to heal your nervous system you need to pay me six thousand dollars and be coached by me for you know this amount of time and take 14 different things and yeah I'm just a girl about the everyday accessible things that we can do and the lifestyle modification. So they're my top ones, but I've probably I think, got <laughs> hashtag yeah, gentle. I think that, <laughs> you know, you can feel better if you change. And you know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. living a lifestyle that, you know, you're not eating well, you're drinking a lot, you're you're not sleeping. And if you change that, you're going to feel better no matter kind of what you do. And initially you can, like you say, feel better and the question is okay is this sustainable is this something you're going to be doing are you going to be ice bathing every day are you going to not eat for five days like Mm. and and how long are you going to do that for yeah exactly because it'll come to a point where eventually it doesn't feel good and the question is why what effect has that had on the nervous system over a long period of time yeah and I think we're just always going for these big things where when I think about nervous system health it's like are women able to eat something every couple of hours? You know, is there any protein in there? Are we having breakfast? Like, do we need to drink some water? Do we just need a micro moment to take a breath? You know, like if those things are not happening, then if we're going for the bigger things, it just feels a bit like we're missing the foundational stuff. I'm going to come back to the temperature thing because I feel like I hadn't said my piece with it. Say your piece. When we, when we, um, I feel like I need to stand on a podium for this. No, but when we think about comfort, we think making a warm drink, a hot chocolate, a tea, or when we think about, you know, comfort, we think about snuggling and we think about warmth and coziness 
Or when we think about a comfort meal, we think sticky date pudding or like a hot, yes. you know, meal. Or like and a curry or a soup. Exactly. Yeah. All of those. I mean, I originally initially thought of like a block of chocolate from the fridge, but anyway, that's, that's okay. And that too, <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. Um, but I think for me, the association is really like about warmth and, and yeah. feeling when I feel comforted from a nervous system perspective, I think warmth. Mm. I do too. I mean, I I just feel I'm quite Eastern in my work, so I definitely use warmth and and warmth focused. I, maybe that's why I dislike ice baths. Just no. <laughs> yeah, don't mind a frozen margarita. <laughs> that's, that's a different story. <laughs> Put me in a bath with frozen margarita. Yeah, it will be okay. And balance. that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much, Elle. We could probably talk to you for a bazillion more hours. Oh, that's been so great. Yeah, but I really thank you for being open and honest about your own personal nervous system journey and supporting women. Um, how can people find you? Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, people can find me. I'm Elle Brown Wellness on social media and I also have a clinic um, on Sydney's Northern Beaches, but I also see people online. So, yep, L Brown Wellness Online, you'll find me there. Perfect. Thank you so much, L. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, leave us a review and follow us on socials. We'd love to hear from you.